0: Before the big interview begins, I want to remind you that we're now producing over eight hours of advert-free podcasts every month for our socios at patreon.com forward slash graham hunter that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n for just two pound 99 per month you get a weekly magazine show extra socio only big interviews plus documentary specials and when you sign up you get instant access to the entire archive so far that's rafa van der vaart lidley king and robbie keen waiting for you right now enjoy the show Yes, well, it had to happen sometime. We were caught by the fuzz. Welcome, in other words, to our big interview with Detective Sergeant Steve Arnett. This was a voluntary chat and nothing I said was used in evidence against me yet. Line of Duty fans, and there are millions of you, will know all about the waistcoat-wearing detective. But most of you won't know that Martin Comston, the actor who brilliantly plays Arnett in the BBC crime drama... Is a former professional footballer and he trained at that mecca of football. We call it the home of football. Aberdeen. Petaudri, as a youngster, he was there. We taught him a great deal about his poison charm. So yes, I'm claiming him as a dandy. Martin, anyone who knows him, won't be surprised to know has strong views on how football should be played. We talk about Barcelona's style and the qualities of bravery and technique that he loves in Spanish football. Qualities largely missing from the football culture he grew up in as a small, ball-playing centre-half. Listen out for cameos from Paul Scholes, Paul McStay and Henrik Larsson. This is a wee beauty. Enjoy. Probably my all-time comedy heroes are the... Marks Brothers Really nice people Funny people Tremendous story We're sitting in a groucho club My team's Aberdeen I'm sitting opposite an all-time <laughs> Dandy's legend And he's one of Britain's new breed of super cops DS Steve Arnett Everybody Was a dandy Martin Comston, Welcome to the groucho club Welcome to the big interview Whoa This is exciting You said you are psyched I'm psyched have I made it up that your football education came in my city,
1: at Pitodri? Tell us about it. Um, well, just first, thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, big time, uh, big time fan of the show, and you know we came to know each other over the last couple of years. And thank you for doing the Lennon interview for the hospice and everything for me. But yeah, like it Well, it's not quite uh, football education. Was <laughs> was Greenock uh, and Morton, but no, I, I signed with uh, Aberdeen. Uh, youth when I was about, probably about 13 or or 14, so yeah, I spent most of my years, it was was great times, I mean Aberdeen, they had a fantastic youth system Uh, probably, uh, I'm not sure as much as I like, but they spent my summers up there, spent my October holidays up there I was under Roy Aitken at the time and um, they were great at letting the young boys sort of mix with the first team, so I mean by the end of, end of probably most training days, we all had just a big game so by 13 or 14, you were having a kickabout with Joe, Joe Miller and Theo Snelders and Ian Jess and hey, well, yeah, he wasn't doing much running, but Dean Windass and all those kind of characters.
0: Yes, listeners, I am drooling. Yes, <laughs> I am.
1: But I really liked it, and we uh, so it was a load of boys because uh, they were sort of set up into different uh, areas, and uh, we did most of our week uh, week training at Bothwell, mm-hmm. uh, all the West Coast boys, and then for ah. holidays we would would go up to Aberdeen. How, who spotted you? How were you spotted? And when they saw you,
0: aged. Twelve, yeah. thirteen. What did they see in you?
1: Um, I think, if I remember right, the, the, the scout's name was Peter Brain, and um, my my local team before. I mean, cause on and off, I've sort of been with Morton through Boys Club, and Morton Youth for nearly ten years, and uh, we had a great run in the Boys Club that year to the Scottish Cup final, uh, where we lost to Celtic. And um, for what I'm told, the boys are quite adamant. that young Darren Fletcher was on the opposing side. But hello, uh, guest. Well, yeah, yeah. And it, I played, I played against Darren a couple of times, just because um, we were we same age and. We were uh, sort of like district trials and all that kind of thing, but yeah, I think we'd uh, it was it was a great time actually. We came up against some really good teams in that run, but all these bigger clubs were recruiting from all over Scotland and uh, sort of Celtic as well. I think had boys from Ireland and stuff, and we were just eleven boys. we you know all, all literally just pals, and all only thing that really beat us that day is because uh, we had a great run. But I mean, most of us were all Celtic fans and when the McStays and stuff are on the sidelines and they come out wearing the hoops and all that kind of thing, you know, we were sort of beaten before the game began. So I would even pick you up. I'd I, I genuinely would like to know
0: what it was that you did well. What? what because I, I, I'm asking because I'm yeah, going to get no, to a remark you made to me uh, later on when you yeah, start listening um, to the interview.
1: <laughs> there was a funny, thing. this shows you how long ago it was. I was a sweeper. I could read the game very well and uh, I was w- very well known for stories for Taking chances, or what well, I would say is just playing out from the back, yeah you know I love to get on the ball, and, and <laughs> most strikers are absolutely clueless when it comes to making a tackle, and uh, so you could read them very easily which way they were going, and I always kind of something I've always been quite bitter about is a lot of my managers always going, and again, hopefully our game' changing, especially with the, with the way Barca and stuff play, and people become more educated it was always, you're going to get caught one day. I'm like, well, what about the last three seasons or something I've played yeah. and I haven't been caught and I don't think I ever did get caught and the end up, I mean, obviously, going up to a higher level, I probably would have. But we just had this mentality, like, I remember getting screamed at for passing the ball on the box. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, if somebody's there and they're, and they're capable on the ball, why not? So I'm a lot older than you, but I remember the rules were, and you were screamed at, yeah.
0: never pass across yep. your box, yeah, ever. Yeah. And that, that what we've begun to recognise is a curse of yeah. developmental football. They'll lump it, kick it, and yeah. all that. I think that, that we've exposed that generally yeah. across the country. We know that. Where did that instinct come from you? We, we, evidently, nobody taught you that you could well, play I from the back. It probably, is it cause inherent?
1: I, well, because I probably started higher up the pitch. So I kind of had that thought. It was a bit, probably a bit more plural, but it turned out I was actually pretty good at reading the game. So I ended up at the back anyway, so playing I just thought I could get on the ball a bit I mean but where we grew up as well I mean I've, I've heard this co- uh, talked about quite a lot in a f- uh, previous podcast but it's uh, street football you know so mm. we, we could all play in concrete but growing up all we mainly played on was ash pitches you know mm-hmm. and uh, it was which, the conducive which for anybody who hasn't played on them or yeah. seen them to Which there will be Des- describe that it's basically just stones you know that's the best way I can say it's just and trying to play <laughs> any kind of football on that it, it, it's really impossible and it's what is incredibly annoying is when I get I was lucky where I grew up I grew up in a place called The Valley and um, all the houses were around this one big field so we had a big grass pitch to kind of play on, mm-hmm. on me and my pals every day after school but in terms of the facilities for young boys all we did is play football and um, all weekend we were on these terrible ash pitches but what they thought was they were all weather pitches hmm. and then now you see these kids and they've got these beautiful three G and four G parts, and they're just lying empty. There's nobody there. No, there's nobody there, and it's just you think what well, what I wouldn't have done to have them when I was a boy, because uh, the first stop part we got, and they thought it was state art, and it was just pure flat. And then the winter, it was like a it was like an ice rink. Yeah, you know, people were getting serious injuries uh, slipping on the thing. But no, I, I mean, I suppose being a young boy growing up in Scotland, I mean, again, I don't know if times are changing. It was just it was what you did every single day, you know. And uh, where where I actually a lot of my pals we had a um, a really good standard I think within my school team there was seven or eight of us all on S forms and I think four of us went pro and two of my close pals went on to have really uh, good careers Sean Dillon was young player of the month in, uh, in the Scottish League and I ain't got a young player of year for Kilmarnock Gary Harkins was captain of, of Dundee went on to yeah. win the League Cup with Kilmarnock so we're a really good bunch of boys are all pals and we, we could all play a bit At that age,
0: who did you watch that played the way you liked
1: well, I mean, I'm I'm Celtic daft, but I grew up, and this is why I'm absolutely loving it at the minute, I grew up at a time, uh, like the club was in disarray, you know, I mean, I was born in 84, so probably like 89, 90 is when you start kind of knowing what football is and that, and it was like the worst period in Celtic's history. But Paul McStay mm. in the middle of that pitch was just sheer and utter class. Mm-hmm. You know, his range of passing, and just the way he played the game, you know, so Paul McStay and John Collins were sort of uh, the two sort of raise a light for for as a Celtic fan. Alongside Tommy Burns. Paul McStay epitomizes what we believe it is to be Celtic. Just the way he carries himself, you know, the way he's through and through about the club and the way he played the game. Cause he could have went on to a far higher level. Far higher level. And it was heartbreaking. I won't forget, I mean this is how this is how far we've come. I remember our first kind of trophy I can remember as being up for was the League Cup final when Rovers beat us mm-hmm. and, and McStay missed the, missed the penalty mm-hmm. and I remember being more heartbroken for him because mm-hmm. you could just see it in his face and, and luckily later in that year we, we beat Erdry in the Scottish Cup final but again it just shows you how far the club's come in that space of time Can, can you? If the previous guest was uh,
0: Walter Smith and Walter was with Andy Roxburgh, the coach of a Scotland side that became European champions the only Scotland side that's ever been Mm -hmm. champions of Europe, Paul McStay played in it. Mm. That side is forgotten. Nobody talks about it, nobody writes about it, whereas we're a nation that is super proud of just about anything except when we actually do achieve something. And I think that links with... I've never found that that Paul McStay is, maybe outside Celtic, Uh appreciated or liked or talked about Mm. as a great... At the time, he had to cope with a lot of people talking about well, a Ray yeah, Wilkins' it. argument yeah. kind of only goes sideways, it? What is it that we lack about appreciation about him, his type of player, and also that side that, that maybe about two years before you were born? But
1: we were champions of Europe, and it's just been discarded. What, I don't know. Is, is why it, are we like it, that? We are. we kind of country at times that we we like to big up the underdog, and we like we're all for the underdog. But as soon as somebody achieves anything, we're kind of try to knock them down, and um. I don't understand why, I, because I listened to that podcast actually, and I couldn't believe that I'd never heard of it. I mean, I've heard of the World Cup final team, but maybe I that's up. what I was saying. World they, Cup went on, they went on from uh, from that to play in the World Cup, but I'd never heard of us winning that. And again, yeah, it's bizarre that that's never been spoken about. But yeah, maybe I'm the only reason that I can't even maybe um, relate to that is because being a Celtic fan, he is loved. I mean, he's the maestro. He's loved within the club, and I mean, I, I've been brought up in his goals and his passing and stuff. So calm on the ball, like you said, you were sweeping at the back. I but just, just that sense just of pure, order, pure relaxed, and I said two footed when he wanted to be as well. He could get a goal, you know. Newsflash: in,
0: in an age of fake news, yours is not. Darren Fletcher, legend. Yes, we're the same age. We would have played in that final. <laughs> right. Line of duty is flying. <laughs> Pumpto. Mrs. Fletcher loves it.
1: Well, I feel a lot better now that they pumped us. And <laughs> <laughs> Dan was playing, because I think that was one of the legends. That thank kind you, of, One of the legends that grew it around the true. game. It was It wasn't oh, fake that's, news. that's good. I, I remember
0: getting awfully excited. Man. There's this fella from LA texting text, text me, DMing me. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, when you were out walking the dog, one of the things you picked up on what you were watching on bus when was, this proof that it's ability in reading and vision, not height and power. Aye. Did, did that... Bring an end to the Aberdeen well, thing. No, or, didn't.
1: It? Aberdeen were great at that because it's one thing, again, that we still not... I remember I was signed with Aberdeen at the time and the big fellas passed away and he was a lovely man, so I'll not think his name, just. but the guy who was picking our district team, I was signed with Aberdeen and to get out of school, I took uh, <laughs> a big a big lovely lad mm-hmm. was Michael Barilla, he would never kicked a ball in his life, but he was massive and he just wanted to get out of school, so he came with us. And in our trial, we won 5-0... I scored two from a sweeper and I didn't make it to the final selection and Michael who had never kicked a ball before got picked for it but because tall. he was a mammoth and it was just it, it was like you felt like you were in the dark ages Sometimes the, the comparisons with our game to Barca are hard because they have that sort of innate ability but we're never going to get there if we don't strike. You know and Thank you. Thank I think you. something that really bothers me recently is again we've got to be aware of our limitations in terms of the, just the uh, ability but the way Northern Ireland are going about it mm-hmm. And Iceland are going about it. I don't understand how we're not achieving those sort of things. And I mean I I've never been to a major tournament. I was 14 in 98 and I thought, oh, this is going to be it. Yeah. And I've been desperate to go to one since. And and I remember that the Poland game at the last one. I went to Dublin actually for the for the Scotland Ireland game. And Ireland were there for the taking that day. Mm-hmm. And we'd done it in so many times over the last couple of seasons. And that Poland game, I think it was Lewandowski with the free kick. Mm-hmm. It was schoolboy stuff, but it was a ninety-second minute, and before it was even hit, you went, "This is going to go in." Just defend, be big, be brave, be strong, and it happens all the time, whether it be rugby or whatever. I think Andy Murray's the only one kind of breaking the mould. Even then, now and again, you'd think sometimes he's he's been what he's achieved is is legendary. But you're thinking sometimes in those finals, he could be up in five or six titles. But I remember what was it Scotland versus Australia a couple of years ago in the Rugby World Cup. And the reason I say this, and it might sound harsh, is because nobody will know more what I'm saying than the boys on that park. Mm-hmm. They'll know it was there for the taking. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of this sort of glorious loser tag we've, we now, for some reason, seem to revel in. It's we need to get rid of it. You're into, I mean, you're into quite
0: deep sort of social territory there Aye. because, you're, you're, in some way, we're saying that there's not only a national character but it repeats over the yeah. generations. To Jamie Murray and his brother is well, another one who's excluded from it, yeah. he's a fan. And he's... Have you any idea why we're like that? Well, you've identified it, you've said yep. what it is, we both agree that it happens repeatedly. Because
1: we accept it. I mean, again, it was uh, the couple of ones I remember was, where it was when we had Italy at home, and that was a, it was under Big Eck, and it was a yes. great campaign. Yeah, yeah, it was. But, again, it had the writing all over it that we knew it was going to happen, and we kind of seem, again, instead of saying we should have qualified, we feel as if we... We
0: always feel hard done by. But on that night, I mean, okay, I don't want to take yeah. this down the wrong road. On that night, the Spanish referee gives a gives a foul. Aye. I think Perucci Aye. either commits a foul and it gets given to them. Not yeah. that I mean, that was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my
1: life. I think right as well was Ferguson's goal not offside. So I mean, these things come around, and I think we kind of. I mean we'll take it all day long. But these things happen both sides. We always seem to be remembering the moments that went against us. <laughs> Instead of just being bigger being brave. I mean, like watching that Iceland team was a breath of fresh air. And the way I mean, sorry for a, a lot of your listeners, but the way to be England <laughs> was um was it was just amazing to watch and I was and it was just the way they're just a team, they do the right things right, they defend properly and they run their arses off for each other. You know, they're there for each other and Again, I keep saying this word, and I know it's easy to say this sitting from sitting from an armchair watching it, but being brave.
0: Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. I mean, the way you're speaking, and we've talked about football before, mm-hmm. and it, okay, it helps yeah. that we agree we, that we like the yeah. same things. You, if you've set aside your career and what it's done for you and the enjoyment, did, did you ever think, like, I could teach this? I could coach?
1: I probably... <laughs> I mean I, cause I, I do love it and I, but I think we're we're from a different generation. I don't think what I'm saying. I think it resonates with a lot of people because uh, maybe it was maybe it's Sky Sports and BT we're watching a lot more and we're, we're able to watch you know foreign thingies and just the way people keep the ball and stuff but I mean <laughs> well, I love them dearly but I kind of watch a game of football with my dad you know, they're just shouting at TV and, and then still at Celtic games and stuff, you know, some of the old boys, they're just shouting absolute nonsense. <laughs> and you've just got to kind of black it out. I mean, I, I believe, I, I, I said it to you before, like, the angriest I've ever been at Celtic Park was seeing Neil Lennon getting booed for keeping yeah, the ball, gee, nice. for passing it back. And it was it, it was driving me mad. I mean, we were in the Champions League and because he passed it sideways, I think, people were going off their nut. Okay, well, there's
0: a, apparently there's a um, drinking game that gets played by people who are indicating that occasionally I repeat themes. Okay, very clever, well spotted, <laughs> yeah. okay. Gives you a, chan- a chance to drink. But <laughs> yeah. that's not unique to us. It's something that horrifies us and it's been proven subsequently that it's just infantile to mm-hmm. think like that. Yeah. But Charlie Rexach, who played with Cruyff and coached with Cruyff, said yeah. that when they took over in 88, mm-hmm. the camp now w- was like... Parkhead that day Yeah, what are you doing not getting the ball into the box quickly yeah. when there's nobody there why have you turned back and started again that's just nonsense get it up the mm-hmm. park that was mm-hmm. the camp now that was a philosophy that now anybody who held it would be ashamed of embarrassed they would hide yeah. that past as if they were the tiles were yeah. after them so it's not unique to us and they changed mm-hmm. you know they had that embedded and Croix changed them so okay they were dealing with a maestro but what I'm arguing is that you can take that mentality, shred it, learn, teach youth, teach yep. coaches, teach journalists
1: yep. to speak and think and analyse differently. Well, I think Brendan Rodgers has been huge for us up home. but I mean, what he's achieved this season has been incredible. And what the mind-blowing thing for me is the players who were there last year are like all new signings. Bruni's been a revelation. He's played the best, I think he's... Scott Brown's and probably the best season in his career. Stuart Armstrong, Cal McGregor, Craig Gordon, Boyata, all these players who were already there have just went up 10, 20, 30%. I uh, had the privilege the other night, actually, when he uh, uh, won an award back home in Scotland and he presented it with me and I said to him, I think it was the Man City game in the Champions League this year. And I think what people forget when that three-each game, Man City won 10 on the bounce. They were flying. They were, they were absolutely flying. flying. Yeah. I said to him, it's the first time I've ever got out my seat watching my team defend.
0: Hmm.
1: Because they were just getting after him, hunting mm-hmm. in packs. You know, mm-hmm. it was compact, it was brilliant to watch. And he's also, he's made it, he, he speaks to the fans and says, I, I, like especially, I was at the game at the weekend playing Hearts, and they have got all 10 men squared right in the centre of pitches. I, I don't care who you are, I mean, maybe you maybe a mess up, that's hard to break down. You have yeah. to have patience You know. Yeah. You have to keep the ball And draw them out And back in it, it, It's not easy And not make errors Not give it away yeah. Not let them break And then get one And then and he's educated fans About that He's, he's, he's said to people He's come out and said You need to be patient And I think it, People have responded Fans have definitely responded They're a lot more patient At Parkhead I think Now knowing what he's What he's trying to achieve And there'll be There'll be obviously These things change But right now You know what I think He's doing Not just for us But for the Scottish game And what I think people forget about Brendan. I mean, he came closer than Benitez or Klopp has came to winning that league. You know, he was, he was a Scottish... I mean, he was a ball head away from it. You mm. know, he really... That slip's kind of cost him. And um, and he's lost Suarez the next season. You know, I think, But what, the way his team's played at Swansea, you know, I think he's been fantastic for the Scottish game. And hopefully, with the the run we've been on, the gauntlet's laid down. And then you hope... Uh, that other teams rise to the challenge because they need to. The rest of Scotland, will, or teams will need to raise their game to compete.
0: I think it's absolutely right. I think that um, you learn by seeing. You learn by other people taking the risks that you might be afraid to make. Whether you're a director of football or a president or a player or a scout, mm-hmm. I think you can change yeah. mentalities. And it's one of the dreams I've had that Sky's investment of twenty-one years of Spanish football will have disseminated. Will have Sent little ripples through youth clubs or schools Mm. or wherever I go, speaking to the professionals in the game, which I was doing last night. I don't want to rant on about Barcelona because this is about the Spanish footballing mentality, which I think is akin to basketball. You use, you circulate, you trick, you pull, you look for. I I believe that there will come a stage and I believe that there are youngsters coming through now at United, at Chelsea, maybe it'll be in your club, hopefully it'll be in mine, who want to practice to play the game the way that you've talked about, the way that yeah. we like watching. Yeah. So that little ripple thing may be happening as a consequence of Brendan.
1: But so, it's hard with these things as well, as well because, as I say, Barcelona definitely showed the way, but it's the, these players, Iniesta and Javi and even like players like Scholes, who's well my height. I played a, a charity game against Scholes and on one of his first touches, he took a bit of heavy touch and I nearly got off him. And His second touch, he took a bit of a heavy one again. I nearly got it, and it took me the fourth time to figure out. He's done it to me every time, and just drawing me in <laughs> and me going oh. and then he just round me, and then the last one he nutmegged me for for a laugh, I think, and went away. So it's these guys. I kind of left football because I'd never, I was never going to get where I wanted to be. I think being that was an active choice. Well, I was the thing is, I was a sweeper, and I, I thought felt very comfortable in any any kind of circumstance. Place sweeper, but sweeper was dying out, and I think the way I played and sort of a like. I mean, being a bit of a short arse, you know, I'm a bit of an ankle biter, you know, I like a challenge. And so I, I thought, everybody thought, including me, the move up to old midfielder would be seamless. Now, I was good at it, um, but I was nowhere near as good as I was as, as it was a sweeper for reasons I, I don't know. And uh, and But getting there, you know, I then realised with playing at Morton stuff, that was probably the highest I was going to get. So that made the choice a lot easier when I had another year at Morton or pursuing the acting that, that I went for the acting but what's sick what I was getting back to do, is that having now went to I've now played in all these places that I dreamed of I'm about to play at Parkhead for the third <laughs> time I've played at Old Trafford I've played at Stamford Bridge I've played at Wembley and in some ways it does feel a bit perverse that I'm I'm running out in all these grounds in front of these massive crowds and playing with my heroes you know I mean I, I've been very lucky with my job that I've met some true legends and I mean proper legends you know like Sean Connery, Michael Kane, Robert Redford, like royally. But the only time I've ever, I was shaken when I met Henry Larson. I couldn't speak Gosh. to him. I, I could not speak to him. And I would sit beside him in the dressing room and I actually think, I'd, I'm going to meet him again and I hope I can explain to him. Like I wasn't, because people, I don't, you know people thinking, <laughs> what people are the thinking. They're thinking you're like an arrogant prick or something because you're not talking, but <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I couldn't function around him. Um, I think
0: for all all of us let's say Scots are are proud of a man of achievement your achievements and I I think I've explained to you that because I live abroad I hadn't been aware of Line of duties emergence when it came out I hadn't seen the pre-publicity when it came out there's a a, what a good actor that is and you're English as far as I'm concerned (laughs) literally and that must be given to you an awful lot but we're we're proud of Scots who achieve and I think that it'll be pleasant for people who would be daunted meeting you and, and thrown by this famous guy and we'll come onto a line of duty in a minute about the level of yeah. fame you said has gone off the scale with the, the last series it'll be, it'll be nice for them to know that even the greats yeah. get a bit daunted around their heroes
1: yeah day. well because I mean it's, it's, I suppose it goes both ways I think they, when, you, when you meet them they all get a bit kind of flipping out about if they're watching TV but yeah I mean especially sports stars but if you're a football fan you know and and as I was going back to earlier when I kind of grew up myself. It wasn't the best time, but then when the Anil era arrived, and this team just kind of blew away everything before them, I and I'd never seen them. And we had the new stadium, and before that, I mean, like being at Hamden and stuff, it was miserable, you know. Yeah. And I uh, mean, my, my, my first, I got, I was called a Jonah after my after my first couple of games in the old Jungle. I was a boy, and I think we got, I remember we got beat by. Motherwell after Carol Muggleton dropped the ball and Dougie Arnott scored and then we got beat by Dun- Dundee United Wayne Biggins missing a sitter and, and I was thinking how the hell do you think I'm unlucky it's the team up pish mm-hmm. you know and um, it just was it was and it going into. I remember being in school singing sack the board at <laughs> primary school assembly <laughs> you know and, um, and then this new area arrived with this new stadium and yeah, got Henrik Larson with his dreadlocks and it was just it was something I'd never experienced before and he's... I mean, maybe somebody like Dembele at the minute's got a shot but we, what is incredible what we got at Larson, we got his best years. He was mm. genuine, world-class. What He went on to win the European Cup with Barca after us, mm. win the league with Man United but we had him at his very best and to see him at full flight was, was magnificent. It really was. And I mean, i was behind the goal for the... Um, I was in the Jockstein standard which is the way Celtic shoot in the second half and so I was directly facing that incredible goal he scored against Rangers in 16, when he took it down, he's nutmeg caught him in chick course, and it was just pure poetry in motion, you know, and we're not very well renowned in the west of Scotland for being the most open with our feelings, but, but sitting there with your big brother, and, you know, you're just on the verge of tears of happiness, you know. The same, actually, um, we, uh, I was with my brother at, when we beat Barcelona 2-1, and just that night, it's just it, it was magical.
0: Well, strange. We've talked about people's misapprehension of you, your regional guy picking a big fellow. Not you. You look back now. Do not you think it's it's just amazing that would have him and they're playing him in midfield? They have no clue what they've got. They've gone to war with him about what, what, you know whether he can go when his contract. had the most unbelievable misuse of. Res- happy for your club, yeah. great, super. But how 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 can you possibly have a a winner like
1: that a mentality like that a footballer like that and, and misuse it so I think a lot of it's got to be with surroundings as well I mean even in little bits I've went around it I mean even in acting put it that terms never mean in little bits of played football if you're not happy it affects everything in your life if you're in a place that's doesn't comfortable you're not surrounded by people who want the same things as you and that stuff you know Just I, I mean it, it affects me when I'm I mean, I, I did something. Actually, it was a really good job. But I, I've been stuck in where was the last one? It was in Bucharest or outside the middle of Romania in a cave at five in the morning, freezing your arse off, and it's hard to produce your best work when <laughs> you know when you're in that situation. But I think I think what he realised, and I think what Brendan Rodgers has sort of realised a minute is we're a massive club when you're up. obviously, money wise, we can't compete. But we're the support we have. We're, wide and you're idolised he'll be a god forever man, up there you know you feel players who go on and I, I, I think more than a few people when obviously people want to test themselves about the best but there'll be a few players who went down south and just I think they realise what, what they're missing up north now you know just in terms of the size of the club
0: I remember um, when he came and he learned the system at Barcelona it was incredible because Eto wouldn't give him the ball originally yeah. and he made the runs because I'm Henrik he was doing the right runs yeah. But he was—he just knew that when uh, his previous club, I mean, the run the ball comes to me. Yeah. That bus one, it wasn't like that for two reasons. Etto was jealous and held the ball, and yeah. said, "No, I'm not having you in my team." It happens in football. And the system said, "You're not getting it when you run, your The system get Chavi and yeah. maybe it was Ed Mielsen or any he "I would be now you a deco? You get the ball when we say it's right." Yeah. So he had to relearn that, and he did. And when, when he began to make an impact in, on the camp, I remember they did, it was it was sort of goosebumps because that was at a time when Ronaldinho was idolised. Mm-hmm. That he would, the club called him the rock and roll signing, and that's what it felt like too. Yet yeah. yeah, Larson was getting at the camp now in a brief time of being there, bigger roars yeah. if he came off yeah, in the seventieth not coming Larson, on, it's just area, unbelievable. Yeah. They, and the, you yeah. talked about feelings. Yeah. The Catalans are not ones. Well, you know yeah, no, you spent you, you spent some time there, in yeah. Catalonia. Well, you know you sit there there
1: a little bit spiky as personalities. Can't, what I remember bizarre. What I always remember wait, that time. I always remember after that game that famous interview with Henri and I didn't see Ronaldinho. I didn't see what I'm, I say it was Henrik Larsson because he did. He changed the game with them yes. two incredible little passes, yes. and there was another one actually. He was right through, and I think it was Ronaldinho, and we were all screaming at the telly for him to pass it. But yes. See, I, I, as I, as I believe I've told you before I spent a lot of time because I used to live on and off in Girona uh, near Barcelona and um, ah, they're fierce fierce people um, Yeah, he cracked yeah. their emotions yeah I was, that... I was one of my again one of my favourite memories I watched the uh, Barca the second Barca Man United final <sighs> in the square in Barcelona and there was oh, like no 100,000 people in the street and just up in these massive screens and I was in you just felt like you are watching history that night I mean Man United did a good side yeah. Barca absolutely destroyed them Playing this Actually it was in Alex Ferguson's book I remember reading He talks about this, this carousel thing You can just see it The, the Man United players are getting dizzy mm. You know chasing the ball It was just It was Football at its purest form It was perfect
0: That superiority of numbers Where if Messi drops back And you haven't anticipated it Or you, you haven't got a man tracking him all yeah. the time it's 3v2 or 4v3, yeah. and if you allow those players on my next yeah. round, it's just good night. Well, that was Thanks one of my favourite things as
1: well. Like when we when we beat them, I remember Beamer Barr because they absolutely pummeled us that night. Mm. And uh your Force But there is, I mean, again, because uh, I'm a Celtic fan, but so there is something special about a Champions League night apart. Yeah. You do feel like anything can happen. I remember we were, we were 1 0 up, and then you're thinking, you're just waiting on them breaking through, and it went on, and it went on, and it went on. I think it got to like the 80th minute or something, and we went. We might get a draw at like this. Mm. We want to think we're going to win. Mm. We think we might get a draw at like this. Mm. And then I think it was Javi. It slipped Mr. and Tony watch.: t- t- just little
0: swipe at it. Tony Watts He's a McGonigle. bombed
1: right through. And I remember like because we're watching it. Like, is this going to happen? <laughs> is this going to happen? Yeah. And then just what a cool finish for the boy. Mm. And then after it I remember because I thought I read the day before. I'm sure I read the day before. Messi just had a kid, and he hadn't scored night like before. So he had the dummy in his sock that he was going to pull out and thingy, and he scored. But it was like the 93rd minute or something And he went for it I was watching him yeah. but he went for it And anything He thought better of it So I was kind of I was a good feeling I now We halted Messi's celebration You've left a little lot behind at um, Girona Because your old
0: club's Going up this season I think. Aye, um That would uh, be a thing That would be Real Madrid turning up at, at
1: Girona, at Girona Arleti, yeah.
0: Turning up at Girona
1: It's a beautiful city And lovely lovely people But again I, went up, I was out there With the, with the girls I was seen And um but I, I find it bizarre because I, I was very keen to learn Spanish,
0: uh-huh.
1: but they wouldn't speak Spanish there. No. It was Catalonian no. or more English. in Barcelona. That's Catalan Cattler- yeah. heartland. What yeah. gorgeous city Really, really lovely people. I, I, I had a great time.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed this free podcast. I'm betting you did. If you want to hear more, not just these interviews, but weekly magazine shows and documentary specials, we'd all love you to become socios of the Big Interview. I promise you. I won't let you down. It's worth it. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join for just £2.99 per month. You'll get instant access to our entire archive of podcasts plus eight hours of new and advert-free content every single month. Think about this. You'll also be helping us to produce more of these shows. Thank
1: you for listening. We love having you there.